Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of the Fightful Select NXT UK Recap Show. I am Mr. Warren Hayes and I welcome you to this special occasion because not only am I doing this on Fightful Select, but I uh, we are offering this very show, this very broadcast, this live broadcast to everyone as a free preview as the type regarding the type of content that you can find here on FightfulSelect.com. Of course, you guys already probably know about Fightful.com, premier news source for all your combat, sports, pro wrestling, boxing, MMA. It's all covered there. If you want to talk about pro wrestling only, then you head on over to FightfulWrestling.com, and everything's nice and properly packaged there, but... Fightful Select, folks, this is where you get your extra content. It is a subscription service. For those who want to hear talk more about wrestling and other news items that you really, really enjoy, such as the Weekender podcast. We got a ton of of extra members-only podcasts, like the Weekender. Covers non-WWE programming, such as Lucha Underground, Impact, uh, NWA, uh, 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 Ring of Honor, (laughs) all these uh, shows are covered into one nice little package. There's going to be some changes coming to that uh, to that show, but it's still going to be around. I do a weekly 205 Live NXT recap show on top of that, so I do that every week, covering the Wednesday night block of pro- programming from your boys over at WWE. We have retro pay-per-view reviews. Sean and I, Sean Ross App, managing editor, we do a bunch of those. We recently released. WWF Survivor Series 1994. Ooh, that was that was something. That was special. And you can take a look at everything as well. There's dark match commentaries uh, again that Sean does. He just recently released Jeff Hardy versus MMA fighter Ron Waterman. That was something. That was a fun little dark match there. We have Q and A sessions. You get early access to some features that will eventually end up on. The main site on Fightful.com. You get some scoopy scoops. Because Fightful Select members knew beforehand we got the spoiler that Daniel Bryan was going to become WWE champion. We knew that. Sean is even starting a new series called The Leftovers where he, after a a, a, a WWF paper, WWF, WWE, I say it once and then it throws me completely off, a WWE pay-per-view, after the pay-per-view, he will book a, P- a pay-per-view using ex- exclusively talent that wasn't used on the pay-per-view. He already has the first one up, so that'll be cool. There's a whole bunch of stuff. You're here right now watching this on FightfulSelect.com. Check out the tiers. They're right They're right here. Or maybe, maybe they're here. I'm not quite sure <laughs> how this is going to be mirrored. They're on either side here. But check out the tiers. Starts at $5. There's... More tiers where you can get goodies. Check it out. 
And we're doing this today because because it, it, it's a holiday in the United States. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone in the U.S. If, if, it, if, it, if it, you're not in the United States, such as I am, happy Thursday. It can still be a momentous occasion. It's a momentous occasion because you're getting to see this for free. This is why I put on a, I put on a little sport jacket here. Wanted to look good. Wanted to look. Wanted to look like a proper, a proper guy for you folks coming in over to check this out. And we're going to be talking exclusively, exclusively about WWE NXT UK. I usually cover these on my two hundred five Live NXT recap show. It's usually 205 Live NXT, NXT UK. But recently, WWE has decided that we were going to get back-to-back episodes of NXT UK. So there's only so much you can properly cram in into an hour recap show without being rushed, without without providing qual- uh, c- content that is not to the highest standards of quality, which is why I break it up into two shows like this. And this is the stuff that we do here at Fightful Select to make sure our members get the maximum for their dollars of support for Fightful. Mm. Mm. I'm already thirsty. So we're going to go over the last, uh, the, the two shows that were broadcast yesterday, uh, November 21st. We're going to, we're going to scoot through those. A couple of good, a uh, couple of good matches throughout here. <clears throat> we had the, um, the ongoing, uh, the continuation of the uh, of the uh, women's NXT, the NXT UK Women's Championship Tournament, uh, starting uh, we're, we're uh, starting with Rhea Ripley versus Zia Brookside, uh, Zia Brookside, I should say. Um, they are both in, still in the quarterfinals. Here we haven't advanced to the semis yet, so we're, this is basically round one. Zaya comes into the ring and she looks for a sportsmanship, sportsmanlike handshake. She's, uh, you know, a fair play and all that, but she gets a face palm by Rhea Ripley for her troubles. Zaya tries to fight with uh, some forearms, but uh, you know, it's it's not really denting. Good old Rhea. Uh, she, uh, instead, Zaya gets uh, flipped into the ground onto the ground with an arm bar. She uh, fights back up, flips into an arm lock. Then get flips to, flips again into the corner, um, but she goes for her can run. But Ripley interrupts it and buckle bombs Zaya. She keeps um, she being uh, Ripley. She keeps uh, shutting down Zaya's offense, her strikes, and she takes her down with one powerful blow of her own. She goes for her delayed uh, suplex and hits it. Zaya kicks out, a, she covers and Zaya kicks out at two. Um, she has Zaya in a kind of a cloverleaf hold where she's completely standing. And what was really cool with this visual here is that um, Brookside is substantially smaller, like not only in, 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 in weight class, but also in, uh, in size, like in, just in stature, she's much smaller. So when uh, Ripley was standing up, holding that standing cloverleaf, Zaya was basically, she was like literally just the palms of her hands were touching the ground. That was a really, really cool visual. But uh, she does counter out, uh, hits a jawbreaker and a face crusher that takes Ripley down. Hurricane Ron and double knees to the back. She goes for a uh, a top rope cross body, but she gets caught by Ripley. Does her. Pump handle set out slam finisher for the win. And Rhea Ripley goes for it. By the way, forgot to mention this at the get-go, but I go, uh, when I do my my recap shows, I go in completely spoiler-free. So we're not, even though these have been taped for months now at this point, these NXT UK shows, uh, no spoilers here. We're all we're all moving ahead with the with the uh the program. So a big win. For Ripley, who moves ahead in the tournament, um, let's take a minute, just a second, to talk about Rhea Ripley's heel work, especially since the May Young Classic, and it's uh, when it uh, was revealed that uh, 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 Tegan Knox 
was injured during her match when we all saw that happen. Ripley has been doing such fantastic work, fantastic heel work on social media. It's really crazy. She just, she's been laying into Tegan Knox for weeks now, taking, uh, taking great pride in having injured her, but she didn't really injure her. Tegan Knox just ended, landed very awkwardly. It was, it was far from being uh, Rhea Ripley's fault, but Rhea Ripley's heel character is taking credit for it. Excuse me. And I think that's amazing because it's just adding so much. And what's great about it is uh, it's giving her the edge that she needs, building her up as a, as a huge monster heel so that when Tegan Knox does return, if they keep this up and they keep booking it properly, we could actually end up with a, a Gargano Champa type situation when they return, when Tegan Knox returns. Because Ripley is so detestable right now. She's been amazing on her, uh, on her account. It's been really, really fantastic. So good on her. And I hope it keeps up because at the same time, it benefits Tegan Knox, right? If Tegan Knox comes in as a, uh, as a, as an under, as a, as an underdog, as, as someone who has, uh, you know, who has everything to prove, has to battle back and who wants her revenge and who wants her revenge on Rhea Ripley. Well, how can you not get behind that? So you basically hear, you have two stars in the making. Two big, big stars. Next, we have uh, James Drake and Zach Gibson, who are in an, inter- an interview. The grizzled young veterans who have officially made their their return as a team in WWE NXT UK. Which is cool because uh, last week, uh, James Drake helped uh, Zach Gibson eke out a win over uh, Trent Seven. Beat up Tyler Bate. They put themselves over in this interview here, uh, as uh, sitting. They basically they're basically setting themselves up for a chance at the NXT Tag Team Titles, which are upcoming. TBA. I apologize. For some reason, I I have like a bit of an allergy attack in the middle of November, which is really really weird. But we'll we'll power through this together. We see um, footage from the Coffees last week and uh, Coffees and uh, 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 Wolfgang taking out Mustache Mountain and they're laying the, the, the pain down, particularly on Trent Seven. They have his leg caught under a road case. The Coffees and Wolfgang walk away saying, British strong style, one down, two to go. Okay, maybe I guess they're they're building eventually to a to a match with Pete Dunne here. I think that's the idea with the entire uh, British Strong Style uh, crew. That's something you could look forward to. When I say you, I mean we. I I'd look forward to that. But yeah, no, I think that we'll see what happens. Uh, they were really playing out the fact that Trend Seven seemed to be really really injured, out of sorts. So we'll see where they go from here. Eddie Dennis is up next, fighting Jack Stars. Dennis is a is a is a he's a tall guy. He's a big guy, very gangly looking. He like he his 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 presence, his shape is very unconventional. I guess you you we'd say as far as uh, you know being a uh, being a wrestler and what you expect wrestlers to look like. Um, so basically Dennis starts off and he invites stars to come up, up close because he's so shorter than him. He wanted to make sure that we understood that Jack stars was very, very short and he taps him on the head. Well, Jack stars did not, did not appreciate that. And he starts, uh, he, he goes after him with a series of flurries, but Dennis kicks him, takes him down with an elbow, hits a spinning backbreaker over the knee, which looked really good. Stars tries to mount some offense, get some European uppercuts in, and a drop kick goes up top. But Dennis sidesteps 
his offense, Crucifix Buckle Bomb by Dennis on Stars. The next Dom Driver, that's that. Eddie Dennis with another squash match. Um, one thing that I've that I've mentioned in my other, well, in my regular uh NXT UK reviews, is that there seems to be a lot of big angry men you know in 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 as far as the heels go in NXT UK they're all kind of cut from the same cloth big guys tough uh impossible or very very difficult to take down there's a lot of them out of this mold here you know you can argue that the coffees and wolfgang are in that uh, are in that group dennis here Eddie dennis you have uh, uh dave mastiff tyson t-bone a whole bunch of people, of guys who are basically cut from the same cloth, and I don't think it makes it all that interesting. <laughs> but, uh, but like I said <clears throat> previously, uh, you know, they're still developing the brand. They're opening things up, creating the characters. So, you know, I'm not. I'm definitely not uh, uh, going after them here. Uh, telling them, oh, they're ruining everything. Everyone sounds the same. Everyone looks the same. No. Of course not. Wouldn't do that. Not this early on, anyway. We're going to, you know, I feel like we're still in a, uh, in, in the initial cycle of the brand. You know, they're still trying things out. We'll see how things fall into place. But, I mean, they can't, it'll be, it'll get tiresome really quickly if, we keep going and you know maybe a year into this we still have like eight guys who are who are basically the same type of heel that'll get old really really quickly next we had mark andrews mandrews versus wild boar mike hitchman boar goes after mandrews uh early on and he grounds him which is smart because you don't want Mark Andrews to start hitting the ropes and bouncing all over the place. Um, uh, Mandrews reverses. He gets an arm drag, a hurricane Rana. He misses a moonsault off the apron and he gets slammed on the apron by Hitchman. Uh, he even hits a senton on the apron, which was uh, pretty, pretty cool. Back in the ring, Hitchman goes for another senton. He hits it. Covers uh, Mandrews, only gets two. Andrews battles back with some strikes. Lindsay Gurry and Boar rolls to the outside. Moonsault, moonsault off the apron. That And he kind of, he lands, he does his moonsault and he hits Hitchman. He comes in contact with him and he kind of bounces off. It's as if he didn't get enough velocity to really knock him down. And Andrews literally just bounces off of him. Um, so, uh, so that happens. Uh, Mandrews then hits a somersault seated senton over the top rope, covers Hitchman, but only gets two. Uh, Hitchman hits a half and half suplex, a spear in the corner, and a running inverted senton in a very quick, quick sequence. That was good stuff. That was really, really good stuff. Wild Boar railroads Mandrews with a lariat. But uh, Mandrews reverses a move into the Stun Dog Millionaire. Heads to the top rope for the Shooting Star. Uh, for the, the Shooting Star Press. And for the win, good job by Mark Andrews, which was really cool. Uh, fun little match that we had here. I have to say, wasn't very familiar with um, uh, Wild Boar. Mike Hitchman's work. I know uh, I knew that of his existence, but I wasn't very familiar with his work. And if to be frank, I thought that he has with what he did in the ring here with uh, Mark Andrews, he has a lot of upside here. He uh, his offense was really really good. That sequence that started with the half and half suplex, that was fantastic. He's you know, he's not a He's a he's still a pretty big guy, not the biggest that they have on the roster, but nonetheless, I hope that after this initial sequence again of uh, uh, to start off NXT UK, I really, really hope 
he gets some kind of uh, some kind of push, some kind of uh, uh, position where he can keep shining. Because I want to see more of this guy. That was a lot of fun. There's a backstage interview with Eddie Dennis, who says he's undefeated in NXT UK. Let's, let's, let's be frank, though. We're like what at episode nine, ten at this point. I mean, you know, it's not really hard to be undefeated when you're nine episodes in. And you wrestled twice, maybe three times. I'm just, I'm just saying, it's not much of an exploit. He says he's undefeated, and uh, he gets interrupted by Ashton Smith. So that'll be a match coming up. We have our next and final quarterfinals match for the NXT Women's Championship Tournament: Tony Storm versus Isla Dawn. Isla Dawn, she's good. I like her. Your character work is a little strange, <laughs> if you ask me. Are you asking? <laughs> it's a little odd, but uh, no, she's good. This was a this was a nice little fun match. It was mostly a showcase of Isla Dawn's um, Isla Dawn's offense and capabilities and abilities. She comes, she goes straight for uh, Tony Storm right at the bell with a drop kick. She stomps Storm in the corner. There's a suplex as well. Meteora covers Storm, only gets two. Dawn strikes Storm some more, tries to cover her, but it doesn't work. Stomps her some more, tries to cover her again, but only gets two. Again. Storm just can't get the momentum going. She keeps, uh, she tries to mount some offense, but she keeps eating knees. Uh, Isla Dawn's knees. And after a series of knees, she covers again, and uh, she gets a 2.9 on Tony Storm here. She wraps Storm, uh, Storm up into the rings of Saturn, but uh, she, uh, Storm reaches the ropes after a while uh, that she's in the hold, and a, a rather long while. Dawn is very aggressive in this match. She's putting it all out there. And why wouldn't you in a, tour, in a championship tournament? Of course you're going to bring your A, your a game, aren't you? Combination strikes are followed, but a kick by Storm reverses these the fortunes. Storm with a released German suplex. Storm zero. And that is the win for the Australian and 2018 May Young Classic winner, Tony Storm. She moves on to the semifinals. Uh, again, not a bad match. I thought it was a little short, but Isla Dawn looked great. I mean, she did... A great job in this match. Uh, Tony Storm likes to be the babyface in peril, doesn't she? She likes to be in these positions where she's just, she's getting the crap beat out of her. Then all of a sudden, boom, German suplex. But that's why uh, I'm okay with it. Our main event for this first episode of NXT here was Ligero versus Jordan Devlin. This was a fun match. I like this match a lot. We have some grappling to start. It ends up with a crucifix pin on Devlin for two. Uh, Devlin backs off from Ligero, uh, and he, but uh, he eventually gets kicked in the face. Some head scissors by Ligero take him down, goes for another cover on Devlin, but only gets two. Devlin hits his uh, Uranagi, followed by a standing moonsault combination. Covers Ligero, only gets two. Then there's an umbar cinched in by Devlin. Then a chin lock. Okay. It's a little, a little, little early on for the rest holes, but okay. Big back elbow takes Ligero down. He battles back with a uh, leaping kick, though. He tries to run the ropes, but Devlin grabs his ankle. He starts striking Ligero down. He goes for a suplex. Uh, Ligero goes for a suplex, but Devlin blocks. And out of nowhere, Ligero hits a code red. Covers Devlin, but only gets two. Ligero is down in the corner. He eats knee to the face. Devlin uh, yanks Ligero into a backdrop driver, which was a really smooth and cool move. He covers Ligero and gets a 2.9. Ligero gets Devlin outside, goes for a baseball slide. Devlin dodges, though. 
Ligera goes for a hand a handstand, uh, uh, a handstand apron, uh, a, uh, Rana off the apron. I'll get through this. There's some top rope shenanigans that follow between both guys. It leads to Ligero body splashing, Devil, but Devlin lifts his knees and he goes into a cover, but only gets two. There's a Spanish fly by Devlin and he covers again, only gets two. More shenanigans up on the top rope, folks. We get a second rope overhead toss on Devlin by Ligero and it looked like Devlin landed on his face, his handsome Irish face. But he didn't. But it looked like it. But he didn't. There's a top row body slash uh, by Ligero. He covers Devlin, who kicks out at two. They're on the apron. They start slugging it out. Ligero and Devlin are on the steps now. And uh, Devlin smashes uh, Ligero's face on the stairs. There's a moonsault to the outside. And Devlin gets back in the ring, rolls Ligero in, and hits his version of the Emerald Flow and uh, Flowison for the win. Jordan Devlin, ladies and gentlemen, another undefeated gentleman in NXT UK, mind you. And he's starting to talk about Pete Peter Dunn and the NXT UK Championship. Well, we'll get to that in a short while. <laughs> Let's move on to the second episode here. Dakota Kai versus Rhea Ripley in the first semifinal match of the NXT UK Women's Championship Tournament. The NXT UK Universe starts a chant that throws both Kai and Ripley off. Kai just completely starts laughing and Ripley stays in character. Like she she was asking, she was asking Kai to go for for some wrist lock action, right? Kai just starts, she just bursts out laughing. Uh, and, uh, but Ripley sort of, she sort of brushes it off and she's like, okay, okay, guys. She ever dresses the audience, you know, that was, that was pretty funny. Um, we have some wrist locks to start up. We finally get to it. After all the, the hoot nannies, the, the, the craziness. We get some wrist locks to start up. Ripley powers uh, Kai down and uh, goes for some pin attempts. And there is a Mitch match, Mitch match, a mismatch of strength here. That's going to uh, play itself out during the match. Kai goes for a lung buster, uh, but uh, Ripley plants her on the top rope, just leaves her there. And Kai gets a kick in. And they do some pin seesaws in the middle of the ring. Kai sidesteps a, a drop kick by Ripley and hits one of her own. Gets a Kai to the chest while Ripley is seated. Double stomp covers Ripley for two. Ripley rolls out of the ring. Try and collect herself. Kai meets her out on the apron and hits a couple of big kicks right from the apron. She rolls Ripley back in. Covers for two. Ripley hits a pop-up slam on, uh, on Dakota Kai. Covers her only for two. Ripley's in control with uh, with her power offense pretty much at this point. She also hits a drop kick, and guess what she does? She covers Dakota Kai for two. She interrupts some uh, some momentum that Kai was building with some ground and pound on her back. So, like she had her face flat uh, uh, on the mat, and uh, she had her literally face down on the mat. She was she had mounted her from behind and was just pounding into her. There's the, uh, she goes for, uh, she being uh, Ripley, goes for her stalling suplex, but Kai counters it into a pin for two. Ripley hits another drop kick again, covers for two. And there are way, way too many pins in this match. Oh my goodness. And this is something that really, it irks me because what happens is that it takes me out of the match. And I don't want to be taken out of a match, especially when you have two talented women like Dakota Kai and Rhea Ripley going at it. I want to be 100% invested in it. But there are some... Some people would argue, if you, in the psychology of a match, you go for, a, you go for pins often, you're 
telling your opponent you're wearing down at their mental fortitude, telling them, look, I can cover you anytime you want. Some people will say that. But to me, if you kick, you you land a kick, that person goes down. And I'm not talking about a, a super kick or like a big enziguri or a spinning heel kick or a scorpion kick. If it's just like a, a kick to the chest, the person goes down. You don't cover. You don't cover. You just don't. It's weird, man. It's really, really strange. I'm not for it. It takes me out of it. And this match is nuts. It really got me. It it, it aggravated me. The amount of pinfalls they just kept going for. Anyway, Ray Ripley does that standing cloverleaf hold that I talked about earlier on uh, in her match against Zaya Brookside. But uh, Kai reaches the ropes to break it up. Uh, Dakota Kai battles back. Ripley goes for a powerbomb, but uh, so she, she she sets Dakota Kai in the powerbomb position. But Kai hits a scorpion kick on her head. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. That was nice. Unexpected. Kai drop kicks Ripley into the corner, so you know what that means? The corner kicks. Her quick kick and then her Full run of the ring. Well, not a full run of the ring, but from the opposite corner and runs around. Signature offense. It fits Kai perfectly. I like it. It's explosive. Cover for two. Of course, there's a cover. <laughs> but 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 at least here, in Dakota Kai's defense, it makes sense for her to to go for the pin, uh, to go for a pin here. Ripley rolls herself out of the ring, tries to collect herself. Kai tries to do what she goes to the well again, what she did earlier when she uh, delivered some kicks to Ripley from the apron. But Ray Ripley, she's thinking. She's got her. She's got her thinking cap on. She's 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 got this going here. She puts her in an, an electric chair and face plants Kai on the apron. She rolls her back in the ring and covers for two. <laughs> Ripley trash talks, but uh, uh, she instead she gets some strikes by Dakota Kai. Kai got, tries to go for the chiropractor, but Ripley blocks it. She goes for the riptide. Kai reverses it into a pin, which gets to, <laughs> I swear, it, it feels so ridiculous even just talking about it. Just as it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, I'm, I'm using, I'm saying it too often. This can't be real, but it was. Kai holds the arms, uh, holds an arm, uh, one of Rhea Ripley's arms, not just a- an arm, not like just like a random arm. This isn't a horror movie. She holds <laughs> Ripley's arm and she starts booting her over and over again, but Ripley eventually gets the riptide for the win. And your girl, Rhea Ripley, top heel. Rhea Ripley moves on to the finals. Good, good match here. Had it, it it probably, I would have, I think I would have uh, gotten behind it more. I'd be more excited about it if it wasn't for all the friggin' pinfalls. But I've noticed that they do this a lot in NXT UK. They do it sometimes in NXT as well. I find the women go for pins quite a bit, and they do that in NXT as well. It's not a good habit. It's not good. You do it too much, and it it takes you out of the match, especially when it's not credible. You hit it after a big move. You hit a Spanish fly. You cover the dude, right? Do you cover someone after a double axe handle in 1988? Sure. Not in 2018, though. Anyway, Dakota Kai, man, can we... And we talk about Dakota Kai for a second or two. Man, 
she's growing into something special, isn't isn't she? And what's really cool, like you know, she you know she's smaller stature. Uh, she's a she's a white meat baby face. She's uh, she's supposed to get the crowd happy and psyched and energetic. Her offense fits her so well. Her finisher is so perfect for her. She's just coming together as a real total package as far as what she's supposed to be. Everything is 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 gelling. Her everything she does in the ring just gels. It all makes sense. I'm really glad that Dakota Kai is in our lives. Um, Sid Scala comes out of a meeting with Johnny Saint. He's all dressed up. He's all nice and clean shaven. You know, he looks like he like he just applied for a an internship at Sterling Cooper. He said he asked Johnny Saint for an opportunity, but he's uh, he's not medically cleared yet. But if he is in two weeks, he's going to fight Joe Coffey. That's his opportunity. So he's not cleared to compete. Not medically cleared to compete yet. But if he is in two weeks, he'll fight Joe Coffey. So he has to be cleared in two weeks. Otherwise, he's not going to get his match against Joe Coffey. So is so sh- should he be ready in two weeks? Is that something to look forward to? And what is this opportunity? I mean, he's had opportunities against, uh, I think it was, uh, didn't he lose to Jordan Devlin? He lost to Eddie Dennis. What's so special about this opportunity with Joe Coffey? Especially since Joe Coffey is one of these meaty, angry meat men. That's just going to destroy him. I mean, we know that already. I mean, this is, it's sort of written in the, uh, in the stars right now. I don't know what the, I, I have trouble understanding what the opportunity is. Or maybe Johnny Saint got to a certain, maybe he wanted to say like, well, if you beat Joe Coffey, you'll be up for a title shot for or something, but nothing. We'll see where this goes. It feels like they're trying to do something storyline wise with Sid Scala. And if that doesn't work, well, you know, his internship will carry him. It'll be, it'll be great. The undefeated Jordan Devlin is having an interview. He says he, uh, well, he confirms that he wants a shot at Pete Dunn's NXT UK Championship. He says uh, Mark Andrews and Tyler Bate, uh, you know, basically, you know, he was saying Pete Dunn, you know, he's been defending his title. Sure, he's had the title for over 400 days, but who is he defending against? Who, who has he defended against? Mark Andrews, Tyler Bate, they're pathetic. No, wait, he says they're pathetic. He's Irish. And they are, they're not ready, Mark Andrews and Tyler Bate, to do whatever it takes to become UK champion. And he says, and I like this, he says, when I win the UK championship, I will rename the brand, my brand, to NXT Ireland. Featuring the UK. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews are a team. And they are up next in a fight against Saxon Huxley and Joseph Connors, who are, as well, a team. Uh, Huxley and Morgan started off. There's a lot of back and forth to start. Agility versus strength. And finally, it's Webster that gets the upper hand with the Hurricane Runner off the corner uh, and a drop kick. Connor and Mandrews come in and they do some uh, synchronized uh, double team offense. They do a standing. Uh, Andrews hits a standing shooting star press and a, and um, uh, Morgan hits a senton on Huxley at the same time. Look really good. Go for a cover. Only get two. Mandrews avoids some offense. He hits a stomp on uh, Huxley, covers, only gets two. Huxley tries to uh, create a distraction uh, with Connors, but it doesn't work out. But Huxley does eventually tag himself. um, And then, but Connors does eventually tag himself in. Uh, Mandrews stays on top of the situation. Huxley tags himself in to get Connors out of there and does a, a Luthez splash. 
because he kind of landed like a Luthez press, you know. But you know, as the Luthez press, you know, usually the 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 the, the, the person performing it will wrap their arms closer, you know, sort of grab the their opponent and drag them down. And he sort of splashed. He was like Jimmy Snooker for a second. Um. So uh, so he does that. He goes for a cover, only gets two. Uh, Huxley then uh, starts striking with some knees. He slams Andrews down. By the way, Mark Andrews is your baby face in peril for most of the match. Um, comment, uh, Joseph Connors comes in. Commentary talks about how Joseph Connors lost half of his ear in a bar fight and it it reminded me when they when uh wild boar um mike um um when they had wild boar in in, in his match uh wild boar mike hitchman he, they mentioned commentary did during the match that hitchman had lost his teeth in a bar fight when i go to England or the UK anyway, I am never going into a bar. What is going on in bars in England if people leave missing some of their body parts? Man, I am just going to, I'm going to go to the, uh, I'm, I'm going to go see Big Ben cross London Bridge and hit the hotel. <laughs> Um, Hux, uh, Huxley eventually is tagged back in for an arm lock, driving knees into, uh, and he drives as he has the arm lock in, he drives his knee into Mandrew's chin. Nice little stretch going on there. Connors is back in, but Mandrew's hits a chin buster, but he can't make the tag. Hux comes back in, uh, but, uh, he allows Mandrew's to get the hot tag to Webster who comes in and takes out Connors. He hits the root boy block. On Huxley, Morgan goes uh, on the apron, kicks Huxley, runs uh, runs the apron to cannonball off of it, right onto Connors, who's on the outside. He goes to the uh, he goes up onto the top rope to and jumps off of it, but Huxley catches him, and dumps him face first. Connors then reaches out for the tag, but Huxley sort of waves him away, He's like, "Nah, man, I got this." Ha ha ha! Big mistake. That allows Webster to get the to get the tag over to Mark Andrews, and uh, the baby faces get the pin after a sh- top rope shooting star press by Andrews on Huxley. And after the match, Joseph Connor sucker punches Huxley and pounds him down. Uh, hits the uh, don't look down his finisher move, and he walks away. I guess that tag team is done. That didn't last very long, and that was fine. Um, you know, Webster and, uh, and Andrews, two charismatic guys, uh, very similar styles. Uh, they work great together. I find you can even see them. They're trying some double team offense out. That's great. Uh, this, it's a team that has personality, right? Huxley and Connors. That was, uh, it wasn't exactly exciting. It would. There was nothing much there to there to these guys. It was very it was very bland, wasn't it? Very ordinary. I don't know why they split them up so soon, but to be honest, well, anyway, as a tag team, Huxley and Connors, it did not. Uh, it wasn't very inspiring. It didn't inspire much. Next, we get Tyson T Bone versus Bomber Dave Mastiff. Why are they calling him Bomber now? Why did he need a nickname? He didn't need a nickname. His last name is his nickname, Mastiff. Didn't need to add Bomber. Just feel it feels tacked on. I did some research. I don't think he's ever been called Bomber before. Feel free to correct me. Anyway, I get it. Well, and this is a perfect example of what I was talking about earlier in the show, where it's just like these big fighting brawling dudes you know that that are super tough this is what uh this is it this is a perfect example right here these tyson t-bone last week was supposed to be this you know this brawler type doesn't back down from anything invincible really tough 
exactly the same type of setup that Mastiff is. Anyway, there's, like I said, there's too much of them. Anyway, but uh, this all comes from what happened last week. T-Bone wanted to fight. He wanted to fight uh, some real competition, and uh, Mastiff was happy to oblige. So T-Bone goes for some stick-and-move offense at first. Uh, commentary tells us that he has a boxing background, that he he's had he's maybe even had some bare-knuckle fights. Gee willikers. Um, he, he does get some punches in, some body shots. He, uh, runs the ropes, but, uh, Mastiff just shoulder blocks him down. And Mastiff, what's impressive about Mastiff is how it's, it's a center of gravity. Like he barely moved on that shoulder block. That was crazy. Um, T-Bone actually starts uh, landing some fists, some strikes, some kicks. Mastiff eventually goes down. T-Bone starts dropping elbows, more fists, covers Mastiff, only gets one. Because Mastiff is, he's, he's, he's Vader too. He's 21st century Vader is what he is. Mastiff battles back, but uh, he gets into a chin lock. And we're going to stay in that chin lock for a while, aren't we? Mastiff sort of reverses out of it and gets a, a bear hug on Tyson T-Bone. Oh, if you don't follow my usual uh, NXT 205 Live uh, recaps, folks, you know that I'm not a I'm not a fan of bear hugs, not in this day and age. But at least Tyson T-Bone did the logical thing to get out of a, of a bear hug. He just he just decided to to strike, swing some arms, uh, uh, land some fists. That's what you do to get out of a bear hug. You just don't stay there and take it. Stupid. He got out. He tries a sunset flip, T-Bone does, on Mastiff, but Mastiff just doesn't budge and instead just sits on him. Mastiff hits a running crossbody on T-Bone. He gets some body shots in of his own. Headbutt takes T-Bone down. Series of quick elbow strikes to the side of T-Bone's head. Those Those look good. Wouldn't want to receive any of those. German suplex by Mastiff, cannonball in the corner, and that is your match, folks. Dave Mastiff with the win. Um, again, I don't, I, I'm, I don't see, I don't see Dave Mastiff's upside yet. I don't see what the what the thing is. I know a lot. I've said this previously on other editions of the show. I'm not familiar with his work. I've heard his name being tossed around quite a bit. I was looking forward to seeing him at the NXT uh, UK Championship Tournament in June. I thought it was, he was kind like he's, uh, he shouldn't be moving as nimbly for a man his size, 322 pounds he's built at. He shouldn't be doing that. That's impressive. But I thought it, his match was kind of stale. He's had nothing but squash matches in NXT UK yet, which have left me, uh, which has left me kind of nonplussed. And I was saying, you know, I can't wait to see him get something to chew on, you know, get some meat on the bone. And they gave him a T-bone to chew on tonight. See what I did there? And he still ended up like looking very... Okay, you know, it's like, and he's not bad. I just don't get it yet. I'm looking forward to getting it. And this is important. It's important to point this out. I like to be surprised. It's like when we sit around and do prediction shows. A lot of people put a lot of stock in their predictions and they're like, they want to be right. I prefer to be wrong. I prefer to be surprised when WWE or any other company and they're able to pull out surprises for me and give me results that I wasn't expecting. That's what I want. One of the big parts of wrestling that makes it so compelling is it's, it's, it's unpredictability when it's, uh, when it's always the same thing and it becomes very uh, predictable, for lack of a better word, I guess. Um, it, it loses interest. You lose interest. Of course you do. Anyway, so, I, you know, I'm still waiting for the Dave Mastiff uh, power hour here. 
I don't dislike them. I don't hate them. I just don't. I don't get it yet. I just don't get it. And especially, and it's especially interesting to me at this point. You know, um, when we saw in the uh, in the uh, the other match, Mike Hitchman, the wild boar, when we saw him, what he could do. I mean, he's not. He's smaller, right? Than uh, than Mastiff. That's fine. But at least Hitchman had some. He had some nice offense. He tried some. He had some stuff going for him. And you know, it, comparing like a big guy to another big guy, even though Mastiff is the bigger guy, but they're still cut from the same cloth. You know, big angry dude. I'm much more interested in seeing what Hitchman has to offer. I'm looking forward to seeing more of Wild Boar Mike Hitchman. Whereas here in Dave Mastiff's case, I'm just like, let's, okay. Let, when is he, when is he going to wow us? Cause right now he's, he's, he's okay. He does his role perfectly. He's the perfect big man. And anyway, I've talked enough about it. Jordan Devlin versus Pete Dunn is what we're getting next week. That should be a good one. Dunn, as it stands right now, he's had fantastic matches on NXT UK. His matches have all been great. His match with Noam Dar was particularly good. Have I mentioned to you that Noam Dar's match with Zach Gibson from a couple of weeks ago was absolutely fantastic? One of the better matches in WWE of the year. It was so, so good. People aren't talking enough about that match. Zach Gibson is so great. Got the best out of Noam Dar there. It was a fantastic match. You should check it out. All right, let's move on to our main event. It's the ladies. The semifinal, the last semifinal match between Ginny and Tony Storm. I laugh because Ginny, Ginny, why didn't they, they could have kept Couture. Why didn't they keep Couture? WWE is so weird with last names. Like Lars Sullivan, he's about to be called up on Maine. Over under two months before he get before he's only called Lars. You know that's going to happen. It's inevitable. I don't know why they didn't keep it, especially since Couture works with her character. It works with her character, being a fashionista. It just every, anyway. You, well, Jenny versus Tony Storm here. Uh, they, you know, this is actually a you know they they fought each other many many times. This is a big feud. Uh, interesting that they put over uh, the fact that Jenny right now is the Progress Women's Champion. I thought that was cool, and that she defeated Tony Storm for it. So you know, uh, the history. Talking about it, that's that's interesting, and I wish WWE would allow itself to do that more, even when it's it, it, when it's uh, things happen in promotions that they're not affiliated with or don't have working relationships with. It's not always about putting over the company, and you know, like Kevin Kelly does that a lot in New Japan. He'll out, uh, overtly reference WWE and a whole slew of other promotions, trying to get their guys over. That's the point. But of course, in WWE's world vision, they exist in a bubble. You know, wrestling begins and starts with them. That's their prerogative. They can do what they want. But it'd be fun sometimes if they were able to do that. There's a lot of collarbone tie-ups to begin with between Ginny and Tony. Neither can get uh, get one over the uh, the other. Finally, though, Ginny Couture takes Tony Storm down with a wrist lock, but then Storm battles back and drags her, uh, drags, drags Ginny down into a headlock. There's a pin attempt by Ginny to uh, break up the hold, and we move into more wrist lock back and forth between them both. Ginny hits a straight punch to Tony Storm's jaw. They run the ropes and she boots, she being Tony Storm, Ginny down, goes for a cover. You see where this is going already? For two. That's, this is a perfect example right here. 
a boot and a cover early on like this in the match? No, this takes me out. Um, Ginny gets into uh gets into the um as Vic likes to call it a modified STF, and he says kind of like kind of like what John Cena's STF, and I was like, oh my god, John Cena has the worst STF, has the absolute worst working STF in all of wrestling. He has never applied it convincingly. It looks like crap. This was well done. Wasn't exactly an STF, but just the fact that he mentioned that he compared it to objectively. Science is behind this. The worst FTSTF in all of wrestling. Didn't do Jenny any favors there. Um, uh, Jenny crawls to the ropes. Uh, Jenny crawls to the ropes to break up the uh, the STF hold uh, in the corner. Um, she's in the corner now, and Storm charges her, but Jenny lifts a boot right into Storm's face. She Japanese arm drags Tony Storm into the corner, goes for a cover, only gets two. Ginny stomps uh, Storm in the corners, going to one one corner to another. She whips her into, uh, she gets her up and she whips her into a corner, but Tony Storm falls. And I'm not quite sure, and commentary wasn't sure either. Was it, a, did she, did Ginny trip her? I think it was a trip. I don't think Tony just fell. She gets an armbar chin lock on Storm, uh, beats up on Tony Storm a little, and reapplies. The armbar chin lock. But Storm battles out, delivers a headbutt, and both women go down. They trade some forearms till uh they're on their knees, till they're back up into uh b- back on their feet, striking at each other, and Storm hits a release German suplex. She goes for a hip attack, fisherman suplex into a pin, covers for two, at least here, because you had the bridge. The pin makes sense. Anyway, a whole bunch of Tony Storm signature offense here. She goes up top. Shenanigans ensued with ensue with Ginny on that top rope. And Ginny drop kicks both of Storm's legs. So she ends up split-legged, sort of caught between uh her, her legs, like on the other side of the second rope. Ginny comes up and hits a face buster from on Storm from that position. I thought that was cool. Covers her and goes, uh, covers, but Storm kicks out at two. Ginny misses the ripcord lariat. She avoids the Storm Zero. An axe kick follows. She covers and Storm reaches the bottom rope with her leg. Storm then hits another German suplex, goes for the Storm Zero, and Tony Storm gets the win, advances to the finals. So we're getting Tony Storm. And Rhea Ripley next week, or uh, or in two weeks, Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley, and they have a standoff actually. As Storm goes up uh, back up the ramp and looks at the title with much desire uh, in her eyes, they have a standoff, and Ripley shoves. Ripley comes out and she shoves Storm. What a sign of disrespect! She's the psychological games are on. Can't believe that. How will Tony Storm be able to overcome such such un, unwanted actions? Such evil intent on Rhea Ripley. Actually, and the commentator commentary says that the finals are in two weeks, unless. They give us another, they give us two two more back-to-back episodes next week. So it will be next week. And we'll see if they, if they give us two back-to-back episodes of NXT UK, guess what's going to happen? Warren will be back with another exclusive NXT or, or with another NXT UK exclusive recap show is what I meant to say, because it's not really exclusive. So everyone, thank you very much. For joining, we're going to wrap this one up. If you're watching this live on FightfulSelect.com, take a look at all the good stuff that's here. This post is going to stay up here. So you, even if you didn't watch it live, watch it later. Take a look at all the goodies. They're all there, all the tiers. It starts as 
at $5, at $5, you start getting all the podcasts. You start getting all the great stuff. And there's more rewards on the upper tiers. Check it all out. You're already here. Might as well take a look. Think about subscribing. You know, Fightful is still a fairly young site, Fightful.com. And the best way, the absolute best way that you can show support for the site is to subscribe. And not only, and, and, and to show you how much we appreciate you, we give you a bunch of extra content. You never gate stuff. Never keep stuff away. You know, never we never give news. The news, the scoops, the exclusives, they're all there on fightful.com. But because you decide to support Fightful through Fightful Select, we give you more. And it is our pleasure to do so. I have a blast doing these. I have a blast doing the retro pay-per-views with Sean, even though it's Survivor Series 1994 and Sean still still harbors resentment because I picked that pay-per-view. <laughs> it's a fun time. Check out the great stuff. If you're already a FightfulSelect.com member, tell people about it. Word of mouth helps out tremendously. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. That's M-R, Warren Hayes. Thanks for being here, folks. And we'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.